Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back with $12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circa Sports. With two ways to win and no rate. Circa Million with quarterly payouts and 100% payback. And Circa Survivor. Select one team each week with no point spread. Take in the big money with $12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas. Play from anywhere. Visit CircaSports.com for details. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 and AM 760 in Hawaii. I'm joined as always by G. Hey Wiley, Armani Buckets, Brandon Deutsch. How are we doing? I am awesome, but I'm really ready for this heat wave to be done. Oh I know God. that, Armand, you are loving this and you go in the ocean every single day, but I can't. I can't anymore. I'm done. I want my, I want 60 degrees back. I, like, I'm done. I, I just, I'm not good with this weather yeah it's too hot it's too hot in la we'll see what happens and this is in the beaches too by the way like i can't imagine people that live inland you know that live in actual la weather where it's like over 100 degrees uh, right now actual la i agree with you but i'm offended by that because now watch what's going to happen friday is going (laughs) to be rainy and it's going to be gloomy and it's going to be hot so it's going to be even more miserable i'm fine with that we need the rain it's it's going to be like 85 but raining god is in the rain guys uh, i am very okay with that like bring it on bring on the rain i am very okay with that yeah, I mean, the problem with being by the beach is the majority of the, the places here, GK, don't have air conditioning. <laughs> My place doesn't have air conditioning. Same. It's like a sauna. I mean, literally yeah. at night, it's like trying to sleep inside of a sauna. So, listen, it's been fun, right? But, like, like, like let's uh, let's get back to cooler temperatures or something where it's not going to be 100 degrees. That's not fun. All right, listen, we have a lot to get to today as we get towards the uh, beginning of the National Football League season, but a lot of drama here in Los Angeles, or perhaps not that much drama as we thought that, that there could be. So let's get to today's headlines, brought to you by Circus Sports. Circus Millions and Circus Survivor Pro Football Contest are back with $12 million in guaranteed prizes. Visit CircusSports.com for details. Hit it, Jihei. Speaking of drama, Patrick Beverly had his introductory press conference with the Lakers, and it included a handshake with new teammates and bestie, Russell Westbrook, along with a photo of them smiling mid-conversation. Do you guys think this dynamic can work and actually be successful for the Lakers? So this was very curious. By the way, like the press conference, in my view, kind of came out of nowhere. I mean, the the, the, the deal happened, what, was it two weeks ago the uh, trade goes down, and then they have this press conference where Pat Bev is working out. Um, Russell Westbrook, to his credit, has shown up for basically every big offseason thing. The hiring of Coach Darvin Ham, the press conference for Pat Bev. Russell Westbrook has been there. I mean, to his credit, guys, he's done everything right. And so how will this all play out? Listen, they, they played nice. They... You know, they what they shook hands, they hugged, they said all the right things. I think Russ saw Pat Bev sweating, so he passed him a towel, and Pat Bev said the first 
dime of the year or something. So, listen, they're they're doing and saying all the right things behind closed doors. From what I've been told, the Lakers are still pursuing a, a trade. Where they're at with that is they're not going to mortgage their future to make that trade happen. Will they part with one first round pick? Yes. Two? No. Not right now. So, we may be looking at a situation where it's not a total run back. This idea that they're going to run it back. Well, that's not entirely true, right? They got Pat Bev. And what Pat does, forget about the numbers, forget about the stats. He changes the culture of a team. And you're, you're, you're talking about a team with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. But I love what Pat Bev said because he said, you were joining this team. No, they're joining me. I'm the one who made it to the playoffs. That's a little ridiculous, obviously, because the Lakers won a championship two years ago while Pat Bev celebrated as if he won a championship for winning a play-in game. But for for the for the guy in me that loves soap operas, that loves drama, that loves intrigue, this is a very fascinating team right now. 100%. Um, I actually think it's inclined to work out more than people think. I think just by Pat Beverly's addition, the Lakers are a top seven seed. Everywhere he goes, he wins. They're going to be in the playoffs, not just the play-in. I truly believe that. Even in a tough Western Conference, I think the the Timberwolves are a bit overrated. I know Edwards is going to break out, but I don't think they're that as good as people say. And who knows with the Pelicans when it pertains to health, like is Zion going to be healthy? But I guess you could say the same thing about the Lakers. I truly believe this is the year that we see Anthony Davis play 60 games plus. I, I really do. I don't. I think I don't think he misses more than 20. Um, and I do think LeBron is going to have a similar season where he's you know 25 and 10 versus 33 and 5. You know he's going to have to pass the ball more, get Davis involved. They have a good team. They. I mean, people always say, oh, I mean, they were very limited with their resources financially because of their constraints to the Westbrook contract. And yes, you're trading Westbrook at an all-time low if you trade him. Like, I, I do think Westbrook, yes, he doesn't fit with LeBron on the court. Everyone knows that. He's gotten worse. Everyone knows he can't shoot. But I do think he's poised for a comeback season. With all due respect, I could not disagree more. And I've been waiting to do this, and this is the perfect time. The Western Conference, as it stands right now, we already know that Utah and San Antonio are tanking. We know that Houston and Oklahoma City are more than likely going to be tanking. That's four out of the 15 teams that are basically tanking, right? They're not even trying. So that means you have 11 teams fighting for 10 playoff spots, play-in and playoff. If the Lakers are the one team out of that 11 <laughs> that misses the play-in playoffs, this is the worst season in Lakers history, and I'm not trying to worse get all. last year. I'm not trying to get all Armageddon, but yes, it would be worse than last year because you have four teams starting the season yeah. tanking. So that means there's 11 teams fighting for 10 spots. If you're the odd man out, you literally it's shame on you. I yeah. mean, and at that point, I think everybody would be gone. And I look at this roster; it's terrible. And I have a question to ask you, Arash. If Anthony Davis, let's say. Let's say he doesn't play in 20 games, right? Mm, yeah. Which I would I mean, assume that's, is, that's basically what what will likely happen if you look at yeah. What is their record in those 20 games? LeBron and a mm. bunch of, you know, young guys that 12 and 8. Uh, I was going to say 10 and 10 if LeBron, you know, kind of does what he's supposed to do. And, let's flip you know, it the other way around. Yeah. LeBron misses 15. Well, that, that's, that's What's the record in those 15? Um, those are the not games, good. Yeah, so. those are the games that I'm worried about because yeah, yeah, yeah. when you're fighting for playoff positioning, 
the good teams, they have an infrastructure that they can still look at Memphis last that year. Was John amazing. Morant goes yeah. down, and they went 20-2 and two without him. That was incredible. What are the Lakers going to be when the inevitable LeBron or AD, even if it's just for rest, yeah. what's going to happen to the record? probably going to go and that's not even including when they're both playing yeah who knows what they're going to be when they're here's why last season will forever be for the foreseeable future the most disappointing season in lakers history because they began the season with the nets and so by the way the fact that these top two co-favorites both did a terrible job did not win a single playoff game again the lakers didn't even advance to the play-in game that was the preseason expectation was they were going to win a championship or at least get back to the finals no one's expecting a ton from this team and if they basically run back this core group the 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 common perception is what you're saying like oh my god this is going to be a, a train wreck so no one's really thinking that this team has a chance to um have a deep run i do think to your point there is enough teams tanking that the Lakers will find a way into this play-in game or the playoff. You you really have to. And the tanking, is it because of the perspective of the number one pick? Yes. Touch on that for the people who don't know. I mean, you are getting a transcendent talent. Again, these kind of guys only can, you know, you got LeBron and guys like that. Who's the number one pick? So it's Victor Wembanyama, and yesterday it came out that he has an eight-foot wingspan, (laughs) and that was just one of the many great characteristics about his game. And then you have Scoot Henderson, who's built like Russell Westbrook. He's going to be number two pick. So you have teams like Utah, San Antonio, that have already decided we're not going to try this season. And then you have teams like Oklahoma City that has the Chet Holmgren injury. They're probably not going to try very hard this season. And Houston is so young that they're not going to try hard this season they're all going to be racing to the bottom which again four teams from the from the jump i don't remember a season like that where they're just like all right we're not really all in the western conference and they're all in the west so that means 11 teams fighting for 10 spots if you're the 11th man and you're out of that hey and by the way something's gonna happen to the kinks it always does as good as keegan murray is and darian darian fox after the trade where he's having to the 30 points per game. Something's going to happen to them. They're going to fail. The Lakers are going to be better than them. By the way, this reminds me of why the NBA is not the best product mm. out there. And I'm, I'm not knocking, Hated. you know, these. No, I'm not. I'm not hating on everybody that's in the NBA. I think they're the, obviously you're there for a reason, right? You're there because you are the best of the best. But this is why the NBA in and of itself, the, the organization is not a great product because you have four teams in one conference blatantly tanking so that way they can get these picks like you're gonna you're going to alienate your audience you're going to sit there and be like your audience is going to be like well why would i buy a ticket why am i gonna buy nba um tv or whatever by the way the league is very sensitive to this and there's no doubt behind closed doors that they're having conversations with teams saying listen we know who the first pick in the draft is this cannot be blatant and if it is blatant we're gonna take actions now what that exactly means whether it's fine with it but yeah you could you really have to watch out i yeah. i agree but this is like on un- Precedented, where yeah. they're they're starting a season tanking. Usually, yeah. it happens. Maybe it happens early in the season, 
but I can't remember a scenario where teams are actively going into a new season and doing that. So yes, I, I agree with you though. It does. I mean, if you're a Spurs or Jazz fan, why would you go to a game? And by the way, the Spurs, I don't know if you saw, Rosh, they're having a game at the Alamo Dome, yeah. which is they're trying to set a, an attendance record. And so, and that game is going to be in like January or February. <laughs> yeah, you and they're going to be, they're going to have like three wins and they're trying to, <laughs> they're trying to get like, what, 70,000 people to go watch this why, team. Why would this team, would they try to do that? I don't, Did they not? I mean, because that stadium was built back when they had Tim Duncan and Tony yeah. Parker. Like, why would this now... Now, for the first time ever, they got like a really bad team that's not even in playoff contention for the first time in 20 years, 20 and plus years. And now they try to do that. Now it, it doesn't make any makes sense. No sense. They're, and they're doing it, I believe, against Golden State. So it's not even well, that, about. Well, that's the drop. Yeah, probably, it's right? the but drop. Still. But still, it's Ugh. like, uh, if you're going to tank, nobody's. You're right, Jihei. No, why would you go want to watch that team? It's yeah. bad for I mean, it, it may work in a place like San Antonio where there's not a ton to do in terms of there's no. Pro, yeah. There's no other pro, pro uh, team there, but um, you you can't have a situation where at the beginning of the season, to your point, if you get to mid-season, if you get a couple right. of months in, and it's like, listen, we're not going anywhere. But I mean, if it's training camp, if it's preseason, you're trying to sell season tickets and no one's coming out, That that's bad. But I was just going to add one more thing. When we talk about the draft... Um, we have to remember there's one guy who's getting slept on. He's right here. You can go watch him at UCLA. That's Amari Bailey. Now he's falling in the draft like 15, 20, 25. But this is a top five player in this draft. He was ready to play in the NBA as a junior in high school. I think don't, people don't realize that. Could have put up 15 points per game as a junior in high school when he was at Sierra Canyon. This is a guy that is really, I think, has the third highest upside in this draft besides when Benyama and Scoot Henderson and GMs are going to lose their job for passing on Amari Bailey. Just watch him at UCLA this year. Yeah. Well, moving on. This is the Arash Markazi show, and you know all we do is talk Lakers. So the oh, Lakers come on, Pat down. Bev. That was the drama. I mean, what, by do you the want way, us to talk about a this team is with zero why, This <laughs> is why we need to get out there for these practices because you guys follow social. Like every one of these Pat Bev like little tweet vids or tweet videos got like over like a million. Like everyone's fascinated by this. Yeah. I mean, the 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 drama of a handshake. Our boy Yuyovan uh, did a clip. It was literally. Pat Bev walking into the press conference room, shaking hands with Russell Westbrook, and it's doing like two million views or something. And it's, so many people analyzing. Was well, yeah. it? A, was it Did real? They look at was each it genuine? Eyes? <laughs> like, like, why? Like, why was he there? I mean, it's. Listen, this is the beginning of what I love. I. What you don't want to have happen is a is a five hundred team. What you want to have happen is either a championship contender. Or a train wreck, <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm fine with either one. I, I mean, as a Laker fan, are you fine with a train wreck, though? I mean, the train that was wreck great. is fun. Last year, we're used to it. The we're train wreck is it. fun. Used now, to it. It's one year. I love when Westbrook just gets the ball in his boot, and <laughs> oh, I, I want him to go off for like. 50 points one game. That'd be great. <laughs> yeah. I mean, here's why the train wreck is fun is is because, like, every little thing gets nitpicked. Every little tweet, every like of an Instagram post or a tweet or whatever. You know, my favorite train wreck was the Kobe Dwight Howard train oh, wreck. Because <laughs> every little tidbit, you know, I mean, because Kobe truly, you know, and they 
were thankfully they were fine at the end. Oh my god, that yeah, the the the, the, the picture in the training room where like Mike D'Antoni. I mean, it was such a train wreck that Mike D'Antoni got hurt at some point. He's on the trainer's table, and about, Dwight about, and Kobe are pretending to hate the, each the other. Picture when it, they were hyping the team last year with Westbrook, LeBron oh my, Davis, of course. and then Lake Show Yo on the media Twitter, day. Like, who's beating this team in a seven game series? <laughs> and he now reposted it with Patrick Beverly. Oh god. It's must have been a joke. He's like, "Who's beating this team in a seven-game series?" Like, Come on, it's crazy. Anyways. I mean, that, I feel like that. I feel like that's just automatic clickbait for all of you guys to just sit there and be like, "Let's like this. Let's comment on oh, this." Yeah. Let's, I mean, it's. Whatever. It's like a Brandon Deutsch TikTok. You gotta, you gotta hop in there. You <laughs> yep. gotta say whether it's good or bad. You know, whether it's good or bad, you gotta chime in. Exactly. You gotta like it. You gotta engage. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> well, I want to go to a team that's actually winning. Let's let's skip this team that's tank. That's I don't want to say tank. I do like this. G hate. Uh, <laughs> she she placed her producer hat on and said she's skipping the Lakers headline I, I am. and going into the Dodgers. <sighs> so the Dodgers beat the Giants six to three and Max Muncy hit two home runs, something we're not accustomed to seeing this year. Joey Gallo also hit a three-run uh, home story. run. I love Joey. The, I told you Joey Gallo would be good. Uh, and the Dodgers cruised to their 93rd win as Tyler Anderson pitched seven strong innings. Guys, how many games will the Dodgers win and will it translate to postseason success? I'm just going to say 110. I'm just going to throw that number out there. I mean, there's no rhyme or reason behind that. But Brandon, we touched on this. I'm fascinated by the Joey Gallo thing for two things. Now, not only this, it's good to see him once again have success. Las Vegas product, went to New York, was one of the best players in the league in Texas, goes to New yeah. York, absolute train wreck. But two things have happened. He's played extremely well. The Dodgers have played extremely Muncie, well. But, sudden. Brandon, the New York Yankees, if you look at the trajectory. You. Well, that, that, you talk about you. great collapses in yeah, sports this history. this is going to be one of the biggest collapses in sports history. Now, Grant and I watched the Yankees lose to the Angels in a series last week, beginning of last week. And we told all the Yankees fans leaving the stadium. Uh, they were always, every time a Yankee came up, oh, let's go Yankees. And we we're making fun <laughs> of them saying, dude, the Rays are winning the AL East. At the time, they were seven games back. Now they're five. They have another head-to-head. And then the Yankees have to go play the Blue Jays, who are vying for playoff contention. I mean, if they didn't have Aaron Judge, they'd be one of the worst teams in the league. No one can hit on that team besides Aaron Judge right now. Quick question for you. You know how um, there's the saying, Mets are going to met? Oh yeah. Are we gonna? Uh, are we now saying like Yankees are gonna like what? What can we say? You would to that? say if they were to collapse, they would have two of the all-time greatest collapse in baseball history: the three-zero blown series lead against Boston, and this. What were they up? Sixteen games. Like what? What was yeah, their lead? Sixteen games. That's, that's and up they're there. gonna implode. I mean, this is gonna go down as like. Talk about the biggest chokes of all time, then Grant Mona on TikTok usually says this, but the Yankees blowing a 3 nothing lead to the Red Sox. I mean, this is close to being as bad, blowing a 15-game lead when you're that good. Jeez, this is going to be hilarious. And But the Dodgers, by the way, you, they have to be the favorite to win the World Series, right? I mean, I know they don't have pitching uh, to the extent the Mets do, starting-wise, but they're getting Blake What's Trinan back. What's up with Max Scherzer? He's on the injured reserve I mean, he's list. Like is four, that, he's, yeah. he's, like, he's like 40 years old, but it's like, <laughs> who cares? Well, like, would they be on. saving him? Yeah, for, you know exactly. what I mean? Like, I would assume need, they they're just saving him. him. They don't need him. Yeah. I mean, yeah. but the Mets are now, talk about implosions. Now the Braves are going to win the division. They're tied pretty much, so. I just want that Dodgers parade that we were robbed. <laughs> I don't think we'll get one from the Lakers, unfortunately. And by the way, someone had this post, and I, 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 I knew this. 
they won the championship in Florida less than two years ago. We're coming up on the two-year mark. Only two players remain from that team. Of course, we know who they are. LeBron and D.D. Like, I'm not saying that they had to keep that exact core together, but you look at Kyle Kuzma and Caruso and KCP and all these, like, really good role players that were not, like, gold. They were not on bad contracts. Just an absolute joke that that championship team was torn down so quickly. Yeah, Yeah. no, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I mean... You see how I turned it into a Lakers? I know. You know, Gene, you want to say, you, you want to say, oh, stop talking about the Lakers. Everyone wants to hear about the Lakers. There's a reason why. There's literally, there, there was literally on T, on what was it, TBS or TNT yeah. during the playoffs, there were multiple analysts and announcers on there saying, can we please stop talking about the Lakers? Uh, you you, you got to play the hits. I have a question for you, Arash. Yeah. If this does go south, right? We know what we watch. Legacy, the 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 Hulu. Very doc. well done. Very yeah. well. Very done. well done. We know how much this franchise means to Jeannie. Do you see any scenario where she feels so much pressure and feels so much maybe disdain, self disdain for where the direction of the franchise is going that she actually considers potentially selling? My view, no. It is her father's dream for that team to be within that family. It's a unique situation because if that team were to be sold, I would say upwards of six billion dollars i mean it, it is it is right up there when you talk about the cowboys the yankees the lakers it, it's in that five so i mean they would be six billion seven billion i'm not sure my guess is she would not sell I mean, she would maybe have to be pressured to sell but um they've done such a good job with that hulu documentary i i encourage you all to watch that if you have not um but yeah when we come back by the way we will be joined by grant mona and i know all you guys that there uh guys and girls have questions about your fantasy football uh leagues we will be here to, to answer when we come back with the mighty or 1090 in southern california the fan in las vegas of the hawaii sports radio network We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. The biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back with $12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circa Sports. With two ways to win and no rate. Circa Million with quarterly payouts and 100% payback. And Circus Survivor. Select one team each week with no point spread. Take in the big money with $12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas. Play from anywhere. Visit CircusSports.com for details. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Still clown with the underground when we come around. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 and AM 760 in Hawaii. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment or just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas or Hawaii, call our hotline 310-400-0340. All right, let's go out to the Circus Sports Guest Hotline right now. Circa Millions and Circus Survivor Pro Football Contest with $12 million in guaranteed prizes are back. Visit CircusSports.com for details, and here he is, our main man, Grant Mona. Grant, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm trying to get through this heat wave. I hope everyone uh, is 
trying to keep their energy down. I know uh, we're getting a lot of alerts right now, yeah. but uh, trying to keep that AC on as much as possible right now. <laughs> yeah, it's been brutal. Uh, Grant, we uh, are right at the cusp of the beginning of the National Football League season. And as you know, that means one thing and one thing only. Fantasy football draft time. Let's uh, go. Give me some background here. When When is your draft? How pumped are you? How optimistic are you that your team will succeed? Well, I, I'm actually in three leagues. This is the first time I've done three leagues. I did two last year. So I think I'm just going to keep going up until it's like 10 leagues a year. So, uh, I've already had two drafts. There's actually one tonight. Me and Brandon are actually in that one. It's going to be pretty fun. But um, I'm really happy with my first two drafts. I got Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes in each one of those. So uh, I'm pretty excited for it. But, yeah, I've had uh, two drafts and one coming up. So I have three leagues. I'm going to have to – I have my work cut out for me this year. Yeah, Grant, I wanted to ask you, speaking of Justin Herbert, I personally think he's going to finish as the QB2 only because Josh, in fantasy football, only because Josh Allen runs so much and he can pass and he's so elite. He might even finish as QB1. I think Justin Herbert could get close to 50 touchdowns this year, between 40 and 50, I think he gets. How high are you on Herbert this year? Oh, I'm very high on Justin Herbert, and I think we're, we're going to see a kind of a progression from Justin Herbert this year in terms of his maturity. Um, you know, the first two years of his career, it's kind of been, you know, flash and this is what I got, air out the deep ball. But I think this year it's going to be more methodical. I think that offense is going to kind of, they're not going to dial it back, but they're going to be a lot more methodical in terms of what they can do on on that side of the ball. I mean, uh, another thing is that they have to stay healthy, but if Justin Herbert's healthy, I, I like you said, I expect him to throw at least 40 touchdowns. I, I think he'll be that good. Um, I, I think he'll be one of the top two MVP candidates this year. I think that the Chargers are going to win the division. I think he's a big reason why. And that's kind of why I picked him in, in, in my uh, in my fantasy draft is because, you know, I had the option to go get somebody else. But I feel that with Herbert's legs, with his uh, arm ability, and with Mike Williams and Keenan Allen going vertically down that sideline, I think that he's going to have an amazing year. So, yeah, I think Justin Herbert's an absolute lock for anybody as a QB1, even QB2. I know you said Josh Allen, but. You know, I think Justin Herbert and Josh Allen are, are one one A and one B in my opinion. Yeah, and Grant, I wanted to ask you about the talented wide receivers that you think are sleepers this year in the mid rounds. I'm personally very high on you know me, Gabe Davis and Amon Ra St. Brown. I've watched Hard Knocks. I think Amon Ra is built for like the WR one. I mean, he's going to have a huge year. Yeah. Same with uh, Gabe Davis. I think he might take over for Diggs. Maybe not that far, but I think he's going to have an amazing season that definitely challenges Diggs. What are your thoughts there? Yeah, I know the, the middle round, the, the thing that I've been trying to tell everybody this year is that there's so much depth in, in, this, uh, in this league this year where you can get guys like AJ, even A.J. Brown from the Eagles might drop a little bit. I know a lot of people are high on him. I'm not as high on him, so if you can get him in the middle rounds, that's actually a steal, but Another guy that's kind of going under the radar, and you know, it's not really under the radar in Southern California, but it's under the radar across the nation, is, is Allen Robinson. And I, I picked up Allen Robinson in the middle rounds, like you said, and Allen Robinson, I think, is going to have one of his best years of his career just because you're going to have a lot of attention on Cooper Cup. Um, Allen Robinson can go up and get the ball. He's one of the best um, high ball catchers. You know, Stafford can throw it up there and get it to him. Um, and I just think a lot of the attention is going to be on Cup, and that's going to leave Allen Robinson one-on-one in a lot of situations. And you're going to get a lot of fantasy points out of him, especially in those middle rounds. And like you said, Amon Ross St. Brown, I'm very high on the Lions. I know that Jared Goff um, isn't a fan favorite by a lot of people, especially here in uh, in Los Angeles. But 
Um, you know, I think that the Lions are going to have a, a pretty good year this year. And I think Amon Ross St. Brown has that you know, WR1 and to kind of have a breakout year and kind of establish himself in this league as, as one of the top receivers because I, I really do think he has that ability. I think that he's, he's better than Drake London. I know there's a couple of USC guys, but I do think that he's better than Drake London, in my opinion, at this point. I think I need to see a little bit more of Drake London, I, I, more, more explosiveness. Um, I think Drake London has to get a little bit quicker, but I, I do think that Amon Ross St. Brown can provide a lot more value than uh, Drake London. First of all, I want to just put mad respect down on you, um, Grant, for joining three teams, because I'm only doing two this year, doing two (laughs) fantasy leagues this year. Um, And I almost did three, and I'm so glad that they dropped me, because I really, I just feel like it's, dude, it's so, that is aggressive. Three's a lot, so God bless you, man. Um, (laughs) um, I want to go to the running back position. With so many running backs coming back from injury and so many actually out, and that's also a three-year-and-out kind of a position. Um, who are you high on um, as far as picking for fantasy for the, at that running back position? I'm actually very high on – I'm actually on a few people, but I'm high on the Packers running backs just because I think that the Packers are going to utilize the run game, and they've already said that A.J. Dillon and, and Aaron Jones are, are going to split touches. And last year, A.J. Dillon was actually really, really good. He was actually one of the best running backs in the league in the second half of that year when Aaron Jones went down. Um, Aaron Jones has shown that he can be a pass catching back. He's shown that you know he can run from the line of scrimmage as well. So I think those Packers running backs, not just that, but they're going. You know, the Packers lost Devontae Adams. Their receiving core is very shaky. You don't know um, how that receiving core is going to go. And those two guys are probably going to get a lot of production. They're going to get a lot of touches. They're going to get a lot of looks because um, you know they're probably going to need to get the offense going on the ground before the it, it gets going in the air. And I know that Aaron Rodgers is the two time reigning MVP, but I think that they're, they're going to utilize the run game a lot more, and you're going to get a lot of points out of those two running backs, whichever one you go with. And another guy, I think DeAndre Swift. DeAndre Swift's kind of a late first-round guy. I picked him up, and I, I think that he's going to have another great year. Uh, you know, Obviously, the, the Lions offensive line has to do a little bit better of a job, but his talent alone is going to take him to where you know, you'll know you get 10 to 15 fantasy points out of him You know, a week. It's not going to be anything crazy, but you're going to get some pretty good value out of him. And I think that he's going to be a core integral part of that offense. Yeah, Grant, I wanted to ask you now about Javante Williams because you talked about how the Packers' backs are going to have great year even though they're splitting touches. But Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon, this has been a huge conversation. Williams obviously is the lead back, and he could be the next Jonathan Taylor, a lot of people say. Where do you see him getting picked? Where would you pick him this year despite Melvin Gordon also getting some touches? I think Javante Williams is going to go pretty high in a lot of drafts. And, and for that reason that you just said, I think Melvin Gordon, you know, they've said that they're going to split touches. And I really don't believe that. I think that Javante Williams is going to get a majority of the touches and he's going to get a majority of the time there. He's such a physical back that I'd take him over Melvin Gordon anyway. I had Melvin Gordon last year. And while he was good at times, he, he had some, some, some shortcomings there. I mean, I think that Javante Williams is, is a much more explosive back. And I think they're going to incorporate him a lot more. Um, you know, I think that Melvin Gordon's on the tail end of his career and, you know, he can provide value for some teams, but for that Broncos offense, I think they need a bonafide guy and Javante Williams is definitely that guy. I think he's not going to go, you know, first couple rounds. I don't think he's, I think he's more of a middle rounds guy, you know, kind of like I said with Amon Ross St. Brown, you can get him in kind of that, um, that area, that, that round, um, timing. But, you know, I, I just think that Javante Williams will have the RB1 moniker by the end of the year. I think that, you know, as you go towards the playoffs, Javante Williams is probably going to be one of your 
top RBs, in, in my opinion. And that Broncos offense is going to be a lot better. They have Russell Wilson. They have a great offensive line. Um, you know, and the reason for Javante Williams is that, you know, that wide receiving core, it has a lot to prove. So if, if it doesn't prove itself, um, you know, I knew, I know they do have Cortland Sutton. They have Jerry Judy. But I think that that wide, wide receiving core has to prove themselves. And that allows a lot of touches, a lot of time for Javante Williams to, to break out. Yeah, and Grant, next question I wanted to ask you, Brandon Ayuk. I know we talk about the Niners, and a lot of times it's 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 easy to stay away from them because you know they got so many weapons on the offensive end, and we don't know about Trey Lance yet. But do you think this is the year that Brandon Ayuk, you know, breaks out not to the extent of Debo Samuel, but at least has a really good season because he disappointed a lot of fantasy players last year. Yeah, I, I do, and I, I think it's the reason for it is because I'm so high on Trey Lance, and you know I think that's a pretty touchy subject right now. Brandon, you can attest to that because of the Jimmy G backup signing. Um, but I do have a lot of faith in Trey Lance that he'll he'll be a really good player for the for the 49ers. And you know, Brandon Ayuk last year, I I believe he was still the WR one. I know Debo Samuel is so good, but he was kind of used as a running back slash receiver. So Brandon Ayuk was that guy you can go to. to get, you know, Jimmy G threw the ball short. We, we know that. That's why Brandon Ayuk wasn't a great play in fantasy. But I think this year they're going to have him go more vertical. Um, he's got great hands. We all know that. You know, Danny Gray, him, and, and Debo Samuel is a pretty good wide receiving core for the Niners. And with Trey Lance, you know, it seems like they want to throw the deep ball a lot more. We saw that in the preseason. Um, and there's a lot of question marks about Trey Lance's you know footwork and his ability to, to read defenses. But one thing that's not question is his ability to throw the football deep and I think that they're going to get Brandon Ayuk involved a lot more I think they're going to use Debo Samuel again in that RB one uh wide receiver one kind of role but I do think that Brandon Ayuk's going to have a way better year in fantasy just because of, of the quarterback they have he's much more dynamic he can get the ball down the field a lot more and um you know whether it's Jimmy G or Trey Lance I do think that Brandon Ayuk's going to have a way better year this year do you think, um, Grant, do you think that Ayuk will will actually have that year because of what has been going on kind of in that Niners organization? You, Lance was supposed to be the guy, right? And now you have Jimmy G just signing back for that year. There's kind of a little bit of turmoil in that locker room because Jimmy G was nowhere to be found, right? He was he was off in, on the side when it came to practice. He wasn't, you know, getting reps with these guys and Trey was going to be the guy. So do you think that maybe that has, is going to have a little bit of altering as far as fantasy is concerned? Um, I don't really think so because I think that with the 49ers situation, it's kind of a win-win. You go in there with Trey Lance, you say, okay, this guy's got a lot of arm talent. We know that. We, you know, we picked him third for a reason. And Brandon Ayuk, I think, is going to benefit from either one of them because, you know, last year Brandon Ayuk was more of a guy that they used as a decoy for Debo Samuel. Yeah, he ran some outs. He ran some slants. He was kind of a short game guy. This year, they're going to try to get him downfield. And even with Jimmy G, I think he's going to be way more incorporated in the offense because last year, IU kind of proved that, hey, I can be a mainstay in this offense. And he was one of the core reasons why that passing game was pretty good with Jimmy G and why Jimmy G was kind of all right. A lot of people give Jimmy G a lot of uh, a bad credit, but I think that Jimmy G did pretty well because of Brandon Ayuk. You can run him out there. He's very tall. He's very physical. Um, and Brandon Ayuk this year, with Trey Lance, he's going to be amazing, I think. But even with Jimmy G, he's going to give you great production even if you get him later in the round yeah and grant the next question i have for you is the defense is a lot of people wait and i think they should to the last couple rounds to take a defense and kicker but who are your top five defenses you have this season i mean i'm gonna have the bills going i i'm a big proponent of taking my defenses early so i took the bills defense pretty early um i took the bills defense and then you know i was going to take the saints and obviously the saints are really good 
but a team that's like kind of going under the radar that I don't really see as, um, you know, I see as kind of a top defense is the Chargers and the Rams because the Chargers, J.C. Jackson's going to be out week one. I know that. But if you take the Chargers defense, they got Cleo Mack. They have Joey Bosa. Um, they have a pretty good secondary now. And I see, you know, in my couple drafts that I've done already, the Chargers were one of the last picks, and if not even picked at all. And the Rams as well. And the Rams, they got Bobby Wagner. They have Jalen Ramsey back. Their secondary, they got Durant. They drafted Durant. And I know there's a big uh, thing on Twitter right now that's Kevin Durant's cousin, but it is not. I don't <laughs> think so. Um, but, yeah, they got Durant, who I think is going to be very good for them. Um, they're bringing back Jordan Fuller. Um, you know, they have obviously Aaron Donald. Yes, they lose Von Miller, but that defense is still very good. And you still have Raheem Morris as your defensive coordinator. And I've seen the Rams and the Chargers defenses not even drafted at all. And I, I'm kind of confused by that. But yeah, obviously at the top, you're going to have some of the top ones. I even think the Ravens defense is going to be a lot better. Um, but yes, in terms of sleeper defenses, yeah, look at the Rams and the Chargers. I mean, I don't know why people are sleeping on those two defenses um, because obviously you have the Bills and the Saints at the top, and even the Packers could be a good defense. I know they lost to Darius Smith, but I still think that I, I, I like their secondary as well. So, um, yeah, I, I'd keep an eye on the Rams and Chargers in terms of defense, but the Bills and the Saints are my top ones for, for now. Grant, I could not agree even more with you than I already do with my Clipper fan, Grant, over here with uh, yes. with Chargers, man. That Chargers D it's looking better and better as the year I think is going to go on. Obviously, injuries are going to come into play, um, just, and that's just with anybody, right, throughout throughout the league. But how early do you suggest taking these defenses? Because I, I'm with Brandon. I take it pretty late, right? Like I'm not taking my defense, like, you know, in the middle. I'm taking it pretty much, like, on the lower end. So how early did you yeah, take no, your no, I, I understand that. I'm not taking the middle rounds because you can still get a lot of value. You can get guys like Juju Smith-Schuster in the middle rounds, which is like way better than what a Bills or Saints defense can give you. But what how I see it is that if you have a really good defense, you kind of also got to look at the, the strength of schedule. I know that you know the Chargers have a pretty tough schedule. The the Bills will probably have an easier schedule than the Chargers, so I should probably take them. But you got to understand that these some of these defenses, especially at the top, they can give you like flex player type numbers because. You know, I've seen, I looked at the Bills uh, game log last year, and they had a few games where they had 20, 15 fantasy points where it's like, okay, my flex and my tight end didn't even give me that, but, my, <laughs> but the Bills defense did. That's how good it is. So I wouldn't say middle rounds, but I'd say like earlier than most. So if you see like some guys that you don't really recognize, and everyone has those times at the end of the rounds where you're like, I don't know who these guys are, look at some defenses because these defenses can provide like flex even ticker type numbers for you where it's like 10 to 15, not a game, but even a breakout 20 game where they get a couple interceptions, a lot of sacks, especially those top defenses. And like I said, those sleeper defenses like the Chargers and Rams. Yeah. yeah. No, Grant, uh, I wanted to ask you one more question, and it's about sleepers at the very end of the draft. Do we like George Pickens, like what everyone's been saying? Do we like Traylon Burks, who's now replaced uh, A.J. Brown in Tennessee? I know people aren't too high on Ryan Tannehill. Or do you like somebody else that's not being talked about? No, uh, another guy that's not being talked about is Chris Olave from the Saints. That guy is going to be very good. And I think Jameis Winston this year is going to have a really good year. A lot of people are sleeping on on the Saints' offense. A lot of people are talking about their defense, but that – that team can legitimately compete with the not you know win the division, but they can give the Bucks a hard time in that division. I think, in my opinion, just because of that defense. But Chris Olave on the offensive end, he's very explosive. And another guy that I want to mention 
is Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts is probably going to go middle rounds, uh, maybe even late rounds, because people are kind of using, you know, they think, oh, he's a rookie, you know, he's not going to get a lot of uh, looks, you know, they're, they're probably not going to utilize him a lot as, as much as, you know, Mariota wants, but Kyle Pitts can be like wide receiver value almost. And I think that you can get him mid to late rounds to where it's a very high value pick because he can put up wide receiver. They're going to use him vertically, kind of like they, uh, Gronk did early in his career where they can just run him on a slant or on a post deep down the field and use him like a wide receiver. But you'll get that value at the tight end spot. But yeah, uh, in terms of, of late, late picks, I like a, like a Tony Pollard maybe because he's going to catch a lot of passes. We don't know about Zeke Elliott's health situation. We don't know if he's going to stay healthy, if his production is going to be the same as a, his rookie year in the second year. So look for guys like Tony Pollard, Chris Olave. Uh, Olave is a really good uh, athletic receiver for the Saints. So look for some of those guys in the later round. Uh, Grant, last few minutes with you. Again, Thursday night, the beginning of the National Football League season. SoFi Stadium will raise its first Super Bowl banner from the Rams. Um, so with that said, First game coming up. Let's get some picks from you, Grant. Who do you like to win the Super Bowl? Who is your Super Bowl matchup? Most valuable player. Let's go through that first. All right. Yeah, uh, I will be at the game tomorrow. Nice. So I want to be there pretty early. I want to be tailgating tomorrow. So it's going to be a really electric atmosphere. Um, I'm really excited. But uh, in terms of the Super Bowl pick right now, I, I have the Bills. I think the Bills are going to come out of the AFC. And mm. I think the AFC championship <laughs> will be built. I think the AFC Championship will be Bills Chargers. I th- I really wow. really believe in the Chargers. I know the Bengals are getting slept on a lot, but I really like the Chargers. If they put it all together, if that helps, if they stay healthy, I really love that Chargers team. I think they can win that AFC West. I know it's the toughest division in football over the NFC West, in my opinion. But um, I do think the Chargers and the Bills will be in that AFC and in the NFC. It's really tough because the Eagles are really being slept on right now. I do think that the Rams can get to the NFC Championship and the Bucks are right up there. The NFC is kind of tough because you know you have teams like the Eagles that you kind of got to see it on the field first. You have teams like the Buccaneers that <laughs> I see I see Rod shaking his head, but um, no. you know I think that the Eagles' <laughs> offensive line um, you know is really good. The Eagles' offensive line is really good. Jalen Hurts can have a really good year, but I'd really see the Rams coming out of the NFC again. Um, the, the Rams have like all the intangibles, in my opinion, to come out of the NFC. Um, I think the only team that can compete with them, honestly, is the Niners and the Bucks. And it's just a question mark for me right now at the Niners. I don't know what the Niners are going to do. I believe in Trey Lance, but I don't know if they do. So I can't really put a mark on them to, to go so far until I see that on the field. And now Brandon's probably shaking his head down there, but... Um, he normally I, I would. That, but, yeah, yeah I, I, I do think that, that week one is probably our best look at a Super Bowl matchup, in my opinion. I, I just do. I think those are the two best teams in the NFL right now. And then it, and MVP, yes, I, I know I was, I, was gassing, I was gassing up uh, Justin Herbert, but I think that Josh Allen and Justin Herbert are probably going to be the two MVP candidates mm. this year. I think that those two are going to have electric years. I think they're going to have the best years of their career. And I think that, you know, Either one's going to be a pretty good pick. Like I said, 1A, 1B. So it's going to be one of those two, in my opinion. I mean, this is such a key, critical season for the Chargers if they are to kind of, you know, have that fight for Los Angeles, with which they've talked about for quite some time. Uh, you know, coming off the heels of the Rams winning a Super Bowl, if the Chargers can get to the Super Bowl, if Justin Herbert can be the most valuable player, then they're kind of in that conversation. And, and, and so we'll see how they do. I mean, they, they really have put together one of, if not the most talented, 
talented teams on paper. We'll see how they do on the field. Uh, Grand, have a lot of fun at SoFi Stadium. It'll be an electric atmosphere there. That's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe and stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hustle for the cash so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing. Currency chasing worldwide through the heart. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.